Hello and welcome to the Full of Beans podcast, hosted by myself, Hannah Hickenbotham. Throughout these podcast episodes, we will speak to a range of individuals about their experience of eating disorders, with the aim of increasing awareness and understanding, whilst reducing stigma and isolation. Please note that the topics discussed in this podcast may be triggering for some individuals, so tread lightly, check in with yourself and reflect on these conversations. Today I'm joined by Mary Franklin Smith. Mary is the founder of Light of Mind, which explores mental health in a novel way and provides guidance to find your own inner light and and to wake up to your wonder. Mary joins us today to discuss her approach to working with clients and how we can reformulate the way we observe mental health and how we can uncover the treasures an individual holds inside. Hello, Mary. Hello Hannah, how are you doing darling? Thank you so much for inviting me to be with you. Yeah, I'm so excited, I must say I think this is the earliest podcast I've ever done, um, <laughs> but but that's all good, get the energy out there first thing in the morning, so yeah, no I'm good thank you, how are you? Yeah, very well thank you, yeah, really enjoying the, uh, the lighter mornings yes. and the lighter evenings at the minute, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Yesterday, um, I I take so long to get used to it. And yesterday I was really boring, but basically we bought some Urkel chairs and Urkel's like super expensive, um, but they got like white paint on them. So we got them for, I think it was £30 for six. And normally these wow. chairs would be like £400 for a set but I'm having to strip the paint off. And I was like, oh, you know, at six o'clock, I'm going to have to stop because it'll be dark outside. And I was like, oh, it's not. So I have to keep going. Amazing. (laughs) But it is lovely. Um, Anyway, I'm so excited to speak to you. I think after our little chat that we had before the podcast Mm. a few weeks ago, which was ages ago, um, yeah, really excited to speak to you. So I guess to start with, I wanted to kind of ask you just for the listeners, kind of what your role and what your aims are when when you're working with clients at Light of Mind. Oh, bless you. Okay, so... Um, maybe I could start, Hannah, a little bit further back and tell you a little bit, a little bit about setting up Light of Mind. Absolutely, yeah. If that's okay. Okay, super. Yeah. So um, for those who don't know, um, I've worked um, nearly all of my career in specialist mental health services. Um, I worked in CAMS, uh, children's services and adult services in eating disorders, Um for nearly 18 years altogether and then about three years ago I decided that I wanted to set up light of mind I didn't decide it it just came to me it was just an idea that I was like I I really love the idea of um of of working privately and, and working with people from a range of backgrounds with a range of needs because what I started to see and this is the answer to your question was that um whilst everybody expresses or or everyone's distress shows up in very unique and individual ways so so some people someone might be feeling um disconnected low depressed um unlovable you know rejected whatever and that will show up in um in self-harm suffering or it might show up in an addiction or it might show up in an eating disorder whilst I whilst I could see that everybody's ways of 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 their distress being displayed if if you like was was unique what I started to really get curious about was the fact that that it was a disconnect from their deeper than conflict self Mm -hmm. that was causing if you like at the root of the heart of the 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 suffering Mm -hmm. and so light of mind for me was 
well, let's see if we can go there. Let's go there in that direction with our conversations and our and our therapy and our interventions and our workshops and our retreats or whatever I end up doing in terms of the intervention. Let's go to the heart, what I was seeing and I do see as the heart, the pulsating heart of the problem, if you like, because from if we can go to that and we can help people to connect with what I call the light of their own mind or their deeper than conflict self or their true nature or their soul or whatever word works for you, mm. then it has a domino effect to however their, their suffering is showing up. So almost like, almost like a reverse way of doing it than we, than we often do it, which is let's not go to the symptoms. Let's see the symptoms as a sign. And let's uh, let uh, that are pointing us in a different direction. So that's what I'm doing. I see my role with anyone that I'm working with. And to be clear, Hannah, I work with individuals, groups in the corporate world, in education, in with individuals, in private therapy, couples. It, it, it's almost like across the board, whoever you are, if you're human, then having a connection with your your deeper than conflict self, your true nature is is to me where, where it's at. So I'm doing whatever I can to point people there. And that is very different depending on the individual and depending on the the setting. So it might be conversations. It might be we do creative art because I'm a creative arts therapist by background, a drama therapist. Um, And and, and I could say more about drama therapy if you like, but essentially whatever, it's almost like I show up. This is a Michael Neal quote, show up and respond to what shows up. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going in there with a real plan. I have, I have, I have, I have got an aim, but how I get there is absolutely dependent on the person in front of me. Mm. And I think, you know, that is such an important thing. And I think, like you said about kind of going, you know, deep within rather than the symptoms, because I think often, you know, what happens in maybe the public sector in treatment is you do just massively target the symptoms, which it doesn't work long term because you know it's that underlying thing of you know that issue that's underlying that needs the support the symptoms are just how it's showing up how you're saying you know this is what's happening if you can't put it into words so I think you know that sounds fantastic and I would really like to speak to you more about drama therapy because I think it's something that gets bad stick um (laughs) definitely and I don't know why but I do. <laughs> well, you tell me. <laughs> I think it gets bad stick because it's, well, okay, obviously all you drama therapists out there, you know, forgive me, I'm about to say what I really think. Um, I think it's because the, the title is off-putting. <laughs> if, okay. someone's suff- if someone's suffering, apart from anything else, if someone's suffering, if someone's low, if somebody's um, low in self-esteem, low in self-confidence, you know, struggling with feeling connected, um, isolated, depressed, whatever it is, whatever it is. And then you say, do you want to do some drama? Which is not what you're saying, but that's what people hear. Mm. The, the, it's quite often the very opposite of what somebody thinks that they want to do or feel able to do. And mm. I, so I think, and you know, the word drama has so many, as do all words, but so many connotations for people, doesn't it? So many, it brings up in my experience, having worked as a drama therapist for all of my career, it brings up the fear of God in people. They're like, don't get me to act. Please don't get me to put on a mask. I cannot do costume. I don't want to do role play. So I, I think one of the reasons that one of the reasons it gets bad stick, as you say, is because it's really misunderstood. 
Mm. Um, and one of the reasons it's misunderstood, I think, is, is the title of it. <laughs> um, so so that's, that's, that's one thing to say. But really what drama therapy is, and certainly my approach, the, the approach that I have trained in, which is called Sesame Drama and Movement Therapy, the, um, the approach there is, is, is called Sesame, as in open sesame. So open up the cave of to treasures within um, is, the, is the story. Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, Open Sesame, which some of you may or may not know. But even that, Hannah, drama and movement therapy, again, for my, a lot of people be like, oh, my God, <laughs> I don't want to do that. That sounds horrific. Some people would love it. But my experience is that most people sort of go, oh, God, that sounds really intimidating. And then when you get to, to understand what it is, it's, re- it's a very gentle um, approach to, to therapy and it's in it's I think it's a very generous approach to therapy mm-hmm. the arts therapies because it's not um, it's not making you have the words it's not assuming that you'll have the language to to express what's going on in fact if anything it's kind of saying let me help you find a way of expressing this that mm-hmm. isn't through language necessarily and also isn't through hurting yourself because of course so you know, if we're thinking about eating disorders one of the functions of an eating disorder is to communicate distress isn't it so th- so what we're doing in the arts therapies is saying let me help you express it without necessarily having to talk about it or hurt yourself it's like a menu of ways of expressing is is how i is how i sort of introduce it to people it's kind of interesting as well and this might be a rude thing to say but for, i'll say it from my perspective you know i personally if someone said to me do you want to do drama therapy would be like i do not want to act I do not want to get up on stage but actually I was just thinking about it when you said you know I don't want to put on a mask throughout my eating (laughs) disorder that's exactly what I did I was putting on a mask I was acting I was pretending that I was okay I was pretending that I was you know floating above water and everything was fine but underneath the surface and you know what was actually going on when I got home and took off that mask I wasn't okay so is that kind of how it ties into it as well in terms of you know maybe taking off that mask and being able to be who you actually are or am I barking up the wrong tree no you're right up, you're right up the right tree right at the top <laughs> and, and the thing is is I would say that absolutely so so absolutely with eating disorders there is there is that mask isn't there but mm. you know yeah it's like the protective mask that you know the, the let me show the world that I'm okay that I'm fine that I'm in control that I've got this um and god forbid that anyone should see the hidden parts of me the vulnerability the fear um, but I think that's across the board as well. It's not, that's that's the other main reason I set up Light of Mind is because I, I wanted to be able to w- work across the board across diagnostic categories, really, it's, um, and with people who don't have a diagnosis because I think we're all doing that to a certain extent. Yeah, we're all doing that. We're all saying, "Hi, I'm so and so, and I've got this, and I work here, and I earn this, and I've I've got this car, and I've you know, I've got these degrees, or I've got this you know job," and actually we get lost in that sense of external identity across the board mm-hmm. and so the arts so what I'm doing in my work is is saying let's acknowledge that but let's not be too critical of ourselves for that let's let's not say oh you know how, how horrific that we're putting up this mask and that we're you know we're hiding ourselves let's understand why we do that why do we mm. feel that we need to do that and let's and let's have compassion for that part of us that we hold up to the world as protection because it's trying it sort of showed up to try and help Mm. (laughs) you know rather than let's reject that part of it let's let's hear from it 
So in, so in drama therapy or in my work with some people, some of the time, if it felt right for that client, and I really want to stress that it's not like this is the prescription of how yeah. we work. Um, you, you might very well sort of get them to, I might invite people to um, take, get a mask, an actual mask. And we'll say, well, what is, if, so let's say we're working with people with, eat, with, I'm working with someone with an eating disorder. I might say, let's, let's create the mask of the eating disorder. What does that actually look like? You know, what does it de decorate the wrong word, but like put paint on this mask for me, show me, put material on here or words or images, show me what the mask is and what its function is and, and when it showed up. And, and then we can, we can play with that. And, and I can ask the, that part, the defensive part of somebody questions and interview it almost. Mm -hmm. um, and then, once we've we've established a connection with and an understanding of the part of us that wants to protect the rest of us if you like from the world then we can we can sort of put it on a chair next to us and say you can stay but I want to I want to talk to the other part of you too because there's more to you than this and I that's the thing Hannah I absolutely know I don't hope I know that there is innate health within every single person and there is there is a deeper than conflict self. Of course, there is for everybody. Of course, there's more to a person than their eating disorder. It's just the way it is. <laughs> so it's 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 not that I hope some people can recover. It's that I know that an, an uncovering is possible. A discovering of the true nature is possible. It's just that it hasn't perhaps hasn't happened yet mm. for for the person, and and maybe that's because the ways that it just hasn't happened yet in the different relationships and the different uh, work that, they, that they've done so far. But that doesn't mean it, that it can't. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, I was speaking to like on last week's podcast. Um, we spoke about this as well in that, you know, often, well, not often, but sometimes people are told that there's no hope or that they can't recover. But actually, it's it might just be that the circumstances haven't been right or they haven't been supported to be ready and, and things like that. Um so it's funny that you should should mention that, but I wanted to go back. You mentioned innate health. Um, and I guess just for anybody listening, because when I first heard the term, I wasn't 100% kind of sure what it meant. Um, so I just wondered if you could, you know, di discuss what that means to you and maybe how that compares to ill health. Yes, okay. Yes, so innate health um, is, a, is a, a, a two words that are being used here to... I, to point towards um, the the part of us that is always undamaged, free, at peace, creative, connected. That 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 we are born as. So if you think, if we take it back to um, when we're when we're born, we are born in our bliss. We are no matter what our external circumstances, which we're not even aware of yet. We haven't got the capacity, the brain function to to know to you know to to understand that. We are just born in our bliss. We are we are we have two fears when we're born: the fear of loud noises and the fear of being dropped. And we, apart from that, we're we're looking out at the world and we're lying there in our cot. We're not comparing ourselves with the cot next to us. We're not 
we're not holding back the expression of our hunger or our sadness or or any or our loneliness we are just expressing 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 we are born little expressing machines aren't we where we're like this is my need it's two in the morning I'm not bothered whether you've just got gone back to bed <laughs> I'm hungry <laughs> you know or this is my need I'm bored or whatever it is we're just expressing our need allowing it all to flow through us connecting with the other or trying to look and connect and touch and feel and sense and taste and be in this world this sensory world and experience it and then of course depending on our family our situation the family we're born into the situation we're born into the society the community whatever we start to grow up um, to and make all different connections and, and associations with our worth our identity, how we get connection, how we get success. You know, it's like we, we don't we as humans, you know, and, and if we're, if, it, if it's a situation where a baby is born and they're in an abusive uh, family and their basic needs aren't met, then they might never have a memory of, of being that bliss, that innate health being. They might have no memory of that because pre-verbally, or even in the womb, their basic needs weren't met, God forbid. So I guess what I'm saying is there's a what I'm what I'm doing with somebody is I'm saying on a on a on a deeper than conflict and I suppose, and I'm really resisting using the word spiritual here because it again it's got so many links, but on that level, we are we are connected, we are one. Mm. And we, we know how to express our needs. We know how to get our needs met. We know that we need each other. We know that we need, that we're not you know, meant to, we, you know, we, we need other humans to side alongside with. We're, we, we have dreams, we have imagination, we have breath, we have free will, we have movement. We have all of these gifts. Um, and and we are human beings and we're having a very human experience where we might be told the opposite of that mm-hmm. from early doors. God forbid. But let's imagine that right from the beginning, a child is told, no, don't don't do that or don't cry or, you know, you you don't deserve that or whatever messages a child is either told or or interprets. That's the other thing. So some people won't have been abused and had you know huge trauma but they will have interpreted the world as in I don't deserve I'm not good enough really from very early on as well Mm. so we have to acknowledge that not negate that and overlook that we have to validate that and at the same time go okay you've come to believe that you're not enough you've come to think that and and absolutely unconsciously look at the world as if it's true that you don't deserve to be here that you don't that you can't have connection that that you're um that you're only valid if you do this or you've got this or you show up like this but that's an interpretation it's understandable that you've got that interpretation but that's an interpretation just the same. And you're looking at the world not as it is, but as you are. That's the thing. So it's like really getting into the inside out nature. So this innate health is also called the inside out understanding, the three principles, uh, retractive psychology. It comes from a guy called Sidney Banks um, years ago. And it's a, it is a framework that's pointing towards what I can see as, 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 as a truth which is what I've just been saying, which is that you, beneath 
the unconscious bias beneath the filter, beneath the, uh, the self that you've become, there is, there is exactly what you're looking for. Mm. And that's your innate health. So the one that you're looking for is the one that's doing the looking. You are what you are looking for, but you just don't know that. So, there, so then you get into ill health. And the ill health is, is the, the, suffer, the horrific suffering that humans go, have experience, whatever that is, whether it, that is through an eating disorder, through self-harm, through addictions, what, what, however that shows up, Hannah, it, I would see that, I do see that as it's a sign that you have forgotten your innate health, that you have lost sight of who and what you truly are. And so in a way, and this, this needs to be not taken out of context, this next, se- se- this next sentence, <laughs> it would be horrific if this was taken out of context, but in a way, good that you're having that suffering because it's pointing out that something's off kilter here. Mm. If you weren't having that suffering, then you would just think that that's just the way it was, that you were just this defunct, broken, faulty, lacking human. And that's not true. That's never true. So if you're suffering in believing that, then that will probably bring you to a discovery eventually. If you know where to look, if you know that that suffering is pointing you or can point you within to go, hang on a second, what what is it that I've come to think about myself, about what's possible for me, about the world? about what success is, about what identity is, about how I'm meant to show up. What is that that I've come to to believe? And I don't even know I'm believing it. I'm just walking around as if that's the truth. If you can see the suffering is going, whoa, 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 hang on, pause. Let's get curious. Let's go back to go, hang on a second. Let's go in and uncover this you. That's what I think of recovery as. It's not some future version of you that's walking about as if you slept with a coat hanger in your mouth and you're joyful <laughs> and you're, all, you're always like, oh, I never have any insecure thinking anymore. And I'm always peaceful and I'm compassionate to myself and I'm mindful and I'm present and I'm in the moment. And I'm, no, man, what? It's not that. But I think that we can get so caught up in this perfectionist view of mm. a future us that's got there total shit together and is yeah. always connected and you know and then we 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 you know beat that beat ourselves up with that because we're never quite it's never quite good enough mm. so for me and we can like I'll pause in a minute to give you a chance to <laughs> you know, but for me a, a recovery is is not the right word and I know it's not just me that thinks this but it's an uncovery of it's a discovery of the you before that, that before the you know the world got its hands on you really so that yeah. you can show up as as that that you more and more and more and more that deeper than conflict that that innate health you that healthy flourishing you an uncovery of that I think the the reframing of that word from recovery to de- to discovery I've never thought about it before but it's it's so true because it almost when I think when we talk about recovery you're so right in terms of this like perfectionistic view and you know if speaking from my 
personal perspective, you know, anorexia kind of thrived because I was a perfectionist. So to then say to myself, you know, this is this is your recovery and this is what you've got to get to, it's just another aim. It's just another, it just became another identity, you know, oh, I'm going from being anorexic to I'm going to be recovered, sort of thing. Um and it, you know, it gives you no independence because it's like, you know, uh, you have to get to this point. You have no identity still. You're you're not unique because that's what you're aiming for. But actually, yeah. you're not creating a new person. Like you said, it's that discovery or that uncovery. So you're trying to get back to who you used to be. And, I, you know, I've just had a massive, like, I just feel like overwhelmed with thought because I've always been trying to like get to that new person whereas actually getting back to you know little Hannah that used to run around and never stopped giggling that's what I should be aiming for so yeah that's that's so interesting I've never kind of framed it in my mind like that before but I think it's yeah really incredible I cannot like stress it of how much I agree with you about that kind of having to you know when you suffer or when you struggle it's a sign like I think you know lately I have not been in a good place and I have really been struggling and actually coming out the other side now but it kind of and again I'm going to say this is my personal perspective because it's not going to be the same for everyone's struggle maybe it doesn't always lead to kind of you know insight and stuff like that but it just made me realize how much I was like letting myself just toddle along and do put you know participate in behaviors that weren't helpful that weren't healthy that weren't promoting a good life for me but I just didn't notice because they felt comfortable and it felt fine and then all of a sudden you know you hit that rock bottom and you think oh my god like this is awful but you kind of had to get to that low point to recognize that it's wrong and then you think I'm not doing this anymore like I need to kind of come back up um and I don't think if you kind of at a mid-level and participating in things that maybe aren't that great but you don't really notice them I don't think you have that shock of or that motivation to think I need to get better absolutely absolutely so I've got okay so can I I'd like to talk about what you've just said but and then I'd like to come back to this point about you know the 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 discovery and the uncovery of little Hannah if you like if that's okay (laughs) yeah two two thoughts so um some of some people have heard this story before but I tell a a short story about how um and this is linked to comfort zones and and Mm -hmm. why it's why it's so hard (laughs) it's so hard when you're like oh you know I've got to make these changes but it it feels almost impossible and 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 here's why right so the story the story starts with we, we were going as we are today going to be traveling down to Cambridge where I'm where I'm from where my family is I know. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. <laughs> um, so a, a few, oh, I don't know when it was, in the middle of the pandemic, me and my husband got our three children and our dogs in the back of the car um, so that we could travel down to Cambridge from Yorkshire, which is about three and a half hour journey. We went to go on the motorway. And uh, as we were traveling on the motorway, really very close to Leeds, there were signs everywhere saying diversion, please exit at the next exit. Uh, you know, some sort of problem on the road. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to come back off. You know, I don't want to go back through Halifax and Huddersfield. I want to just go this way. This is the way I always go. And my husband's like, yeah, but there's a, there's a, there's a problem. There's clearly a problem on the road. And I'm like, yeah, but it won't be long. It'll, it'll be fine. You know, it, it, won't, it won't last that long. And as we're going up towards the exit, getting closer and closer towards the exit that we are being advised to take, 
and there's flashing signs on the motorway saying, please exit here, diversion ahead, problem ahead. My husband's literally in a raised voice going, what are you doing? You have to come off here. I'm like, it'll be fine. It won't be that bad. Because in my head, the idea of going through those two towns and going back through past my house, I just I don't want to go there. So I didn't come off, Hannah. <laughs> Despite my husband going, wow, well, that was a really bold move. And now, oh, hang on, hang on. Look, here we are. There's the traffic jam. This is why we should have come off. And we sat there. I think it was seven hours because there was a massive road traffic accident. And we sat there from one part of the day all the way through meals with no food in the car and two dogs and three children for hours and hours and hours and hours. <laughs> and of course, my husband un understandably was like, this is interesting, isn't it? Because we were told, we were really told to come off it. In fact, it was really clear that we should have taken a different route. And yet, because I wanted to do what I always do, the, the route that I always take, I didn't come off. And I knew there'd be a learning in it, Hannah. <laughs> I kept saying to the kids, there's a podcast in here somewhere. They're like, nice one, mum. <laughs> but, but that's the thing. It's like how much we as humans want to stay in our self-created comfort zone is phenomenal mm. because it's, we are almost hardwired to fear the unknown. So anything that is not in, in what has become familiar brain pathways to us, anything that is outside of that actually feels like even if it's going to kill us, even if everything in us is, every sign is screaming, stop, change route, we, often, we very often won't do that because we're fearful. And I think that until, and this is where it gets, in my opinion, really interesting and really important and really beautiful as well until we know that we do not need to fear our experience we will stay on that on on that same route that's hurting mm. us until we know that there is a a safety in all experiences including fear that we, Sydney Bank said, until, if human beings learn not to fear their experience, that alone would change the world. Because actually what we're fearing is fear. What we're anxious about is anxiety. Mm -hmm. So we will do anything to avoid those feelings. And until we know that we are, as we were born, able to tolerate, be with all emotions, all experiences, because they're always pointing to a need that when we meet, it moves on. When we see that innate health within us, the intelligence in the design of us, of course we're gonna stay where we are because we've forgotten that we're safe to experience mm -hmm. it all. So when, when, when you said before, like getting back to um, little Hannah, if you like, it's like, I totally see why you said that. And, and on one level, I'm absolutely with you. But it's almost like that little Hannah was, um, it's almost like, bit, I don't know how to describe this. It, it, we have to go into metaphor here because if we're talking about, people will say, well, I don't want to get back to the little me or the younger me because that one was the one that went into an eating disorder or that <laughs> one was the one that was vulnerable to, you know, that self-harm or that whatever. So it's 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 seeing it's seeing your nature, getting back to your true nature, which was mm. which is which was um, almost like 
um, the energy behind Hannah as Hannah yeah. came into the world. You know, think of it like the sand or think of it like sand, like you, we as humans are sand. We are, we are creative potential. We're not the sandcastles that we create. That's the identities. Mm-hmm. We are the we are the creative potential. Michael Neal. We are the creative potential of the universe. So we we are we are that. We came in as potential, and we remain potential. But we get stuck with one identity, one sandcastle, one version of us, and we forget that that potential is underneath this version of us all the time. It never went anywhere, even Mm -hmm. at the very lowest point that we have as a human in our suffering. We are still at that moment innately healthy as well as with ill health, Mm. but we just don't know it. Mm. And one of the reasons I think we don't know it is because everyone around us, understandably, is focused on our ill health. We're all looking at the problem and, and we're not looking enough at the solution. So everybody's like, let's talk about the let's talk about the, the suf- let's talk about the suffering. Let's understand the illness. Where did it start? Why did it come in? What's keeping it going? You know, let's get really clear on on the eating disorder identity, and that's a very important thing to do. I think if you're doing it at the same time as let's get really as clear on the healthy flourishing identity, the innate health part of you at the same time. Where's that one come from? What keeps that one going? That deeper than conflict part of you. Because this one, this, I'm using my hands a lot and people can't see me, (laughs) but it's like this, this part of us has, has shown up as a way to try to protect us or communicate something because we, yeah, because this other part of us has sort of got covered up. Mm. Which is completely understandable and almost inevitable, actually. And I think that's why that's potentially, I mean, I'm not going to say it's the only thing that it's maybe wrong, but I think when you're in treatment, like you said before, you know, it's so important that you talk about the eating disorder and the identity and what that provides you, but also to talk about the healthy part of you, because, you know, that's sort of the part that you want to grow and you want to understand that. But I think because we focus so much on, you know, why did the eating disorder show up? What does it provide for you? I think it makes it really difficult to actually transition over to the healthy one because you've not given it kind of any weight. Yeah, any airtime. You've given it all to the eating disorder. So that's just feeding into, you know, this is still your identity and, you know, your illness is your identity. And I don't think that it's uncommon for people to really struggle to, to move out of that because it's almost like, well, you know, I'm being given all this, Atten- I'm not saying that eating sort of attention seeking but I'm being given this space to talk about this and this attention and yes. if I've not got it's this, working on some level yeah, yeah if I've not yeah. got this am I you know am I going to get the you know we naturally crave attention you know maybe course, attention is the connection. wrong word to use but yeah we naturally crave that connection and if the first person that you've ever felt like you've connected with is a person you get to talk about your eating disorder to Ta-da. I mean, I personally am not wanting to get go away. Like you know, I wouldn't be wanting to go away from that. Perfect storm, isn't it? Perfect yeah. storm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons that I got behind mantra. So mantra is the Maudsley's approach to anorexia nervosa. Mm-hmm. Um, 
treat for people for adults with anorexia and when I did my mantra training a few years ago I was like okay I can get behind this <laughs> because it gives equal validity to the healthy flourishing uh formulation as it does with the the um vicious formulation of the of the anorexia and I was like okay this makes sense to me because we're we're, we're doing both we're understanding both I'm absolutely I'm, I'm absolutely with you you know and one of the one of the um one of the things that I will do when I'm working with people at Light of Mind, and just to say, Hannah, it's not just me. I've grown the team. I've got there's three other therapists, three other practitioners that Amazing. are working with me now, which is really exciting, really fantastic that we get to help more and more people and to, to point them towards their, their, their true nature, if you like. Um, the, the, what, what I'm doing is I'm saying really over and over again in, in a variety of ways, my message is the same, which is that you are the being behind the mask so uh, Jim Carrey I don't know if you've ever followed any of his because he was then so he was an actor of and he was he he talks about I mean you can google it but he talks about how he sort of lost himself in these characters and it got to the point where he was like I'm not sure who I am now because mm. I'm so I've spent all my life taking on all these different characters and identities and so so I become this character for this film for a year or so and then I lose who Jim Carrey was and then he said, and I sort of realized that Jim Carrey was also a character I was playing. He was, and, and his function was to make everybody laugh. And he talks about his depression because he got to the point where he was like, I can't just be that. I can't just be, the, the, my function can't just be here to make everybody else laugh all the time and be free from concern. Because of course I'm a human, I've got this, this my own stuff you know my own emotions so for me that makes perfect sense it's like we if we, we like holding all of us in mind that that we sh of course we show up in these different ways because we're at work or we're with different members of our family we've got different ways that we dress we've got different ways that we walk that we talk that we and then we develop them through our lifetimes like how you are showing up to me right now Hannah is different from how you would have done when you were 12 <laughs> right but but deeper than how you show up what you wear what you look like how you talk who you live with what what you believe in is the fact that you you are this potential to change you mm. are change you are constantly changing because you are creative potential so that for me is the beautiful amazing a uh, soul enhancing tear jerking discovery with someone it's like hang on a second it's not that you've got to it's not even that you need to let go of this eating disorder identity and then quickly jump into your new healthy flourishing identity it's that you are the potential for for, for you are a being that can assume all identities you are the energy behind life that's what you are and that's huge. Yeah. And that's so amazing when someone gets a, even a glimpse of that. And, and that, that potential for, for bliss, really, mm. is there even in the darkness. And that's how come someone can, one of the things I'll do with someone, Hannah, is I'll say, okay, talk to me about a moment. That, and let's say this is someone who's in the throes of real suffering, whatever that looks like for them. Talk to me, I say, talk to me about a moment where you've experienced peace in the last week. And I'll say that none, there's no, there's no peace. And I say, just, a, I'm talking about a moment. You don't have to be like an hour. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be five minutes, just a moment. 
and and I'll just get them to get curious about that and it might be some I remember a story where um I asked that to a to a client a few a while ago and she said okay well I'm in the throes of anorexia and it's that I can't think of anything really but I do remember that um, me and my nephew were making buns and he's like three and we're making buns and at the end of making the buns we started to like have a little food fight with the mixture <laughs> and just for a moment it was really funny because he was just he's three so he was just throwing stuff and I was throwing stuff <laughs> and we were just having a real laugh for a moment and then she says and then all my thinking came back and I was like oh gosh I can't believe I've just been doing that and I'm like okay but can you see how that is there that mm. capacity for for you to be free for a moment of concern is there it's like the sun doesn't go anywhere because the clouds are in front of it or because it's mm. nighttime, but you sure as hell can't see it, but you know, it's there. Mm. And that's what, that's what I'm saying with innate health is it's like, it's unbreakable. There is a part of us all that is unbreakable mm. and, and, and undamaged as well. But I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm really talking like about the part of us that is the creative energy behind life here which many many spiritual teachings and philosophies have been pointing towards forever in a day like this isn't a new oh light of mind thing to come across <laughs> oh guess what it's just that I'm trying in my work what I'm trying to do is make that feel really accessible and not like some crazy sort of um yeah uh un unattainable concept that feels too abstract I just wanted to say, um, it's, I don't know why it came into my head, but I don't even know if it's relevant to be honest, but I have something that's coming to my head, so I wanted to share it. But I was just thinking about, um, you know, all these masks and stuff that you were kind of talking about with Jim Carrey and the mask that we put on. And I don't know, I just started thinking, like, what, where do they come from and why do we think they're important? Because for me, so, you know, some masks that I would say that I put on, I, I often try to be very organised and, you know, you know, have structure to everything. And I have this one friend and um, not to not, I mean, I don't think I've ever said it to his face, but I refer to him as unapologetically Stephen because no matter what situation we're in he is unapologetically him and he just has you know like you've been talking about so much creativity so much energy and that he just I don't even know how to describe it but he's just you could you just know that he is him you yeah. he has no masks he you know it's not that he stands there and says well I want to do this so we're not doing what everybody else wants to do but he knows what he wants and you know he's he will do other things like he's not it's not that rigidity in it but he's just unapologetically him and that I find is such a like you know a very attractive personality to be around because he is so himself so it's almost like you know when you see people like that you question why do we even feel like we need to put these masks on because people can see people know that you've got that mask on you know it's not people are very good at seeing your honesty and your authenticity but still, we almost feel like there's some sort of superiority in certain ways of being. So we feel like we need to put those masks on. But actually, the best thing I've, you know, I witness is when people are, are truly themselves. So this is where I think therapy is just such a, it's an honour. It's an absolute honour to work with somebody and help them point to, towards asking the right questions I don't have all the answers of course mm -hmm. but it's like well let me ask you questions so that you can work out well why is it when did you mm. start believing that you need to people please 
when did you start stop accepting your own um, permission and start looking for everyone else's because there will always be a time you might not you might not remember it it may have been pre-verbally you know I don't know but it's like there will be a time when we can sort of normally put our finger around the area oh I, I, I stopped giving myself permission then and then because that's how it looked to me that I needed other people's permission to whatever it is to eat or to um to show, give it you know to to do to make decisions I don't know like it, whether it's you're looking for permission from other people acceptance from other people compassion from other people we are outsourcing our well-being mm. or, or, or for a lot of the time and it sounds like your mate isn't doing so much of that because yeah. he knows that he he can give himself permission and self-compassion and acceptance and that when you know, let's say that you will say, oh, we're going to the cinema. And he goes, no, I'm all right. I'm, I'm not going. He's, it doesn't sound like he's got a lot of thinking that you guys will then reject him <laughs> or, or, you know, so he's quite, he's quite happy to offer himself that best friend role, which is essentially what we're always looking to do. Um, be, because, and let's take Stephen out of it for a minute. Cause I don't know Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen's like, hang on a minute. Um, I'm sure there's stuff going on for him too. Um, but it's like, getting really curious when did I start to give away my power mm. when did I start to go you are the person or you are the group or you are the the the, the number that allows me to feel good about myself because there'll be a reason and when and there'll be a time and then what you go is how long have you been looking for evidence that that is the right way to go, that you need permission from other people, that the number is the reason that you get to eat, that the time, how long have you been looking for evidence that that's correct? Because I tell you what, if you've been looking for it, you will have bloody well found it because that's what you were looking for. Mm. And so for me at Light of Mind, it's going, let's start looking for something else. Let's get really clear on and awake to what we are actually looking for here and where we're looking for it. It's all about a change of direction, really, Hannah, mm. because I'm not it's not that we're now going to change who we ask permission from. Or well, now I can ask permission from that person or get compassion from that person. It's going you are the being mm. you were born as the being with permission, with compassion, with acceptance, with love. You are love, actually. And that's how come whenever someone else comes to you with suffering love and compassion and acceptance mm. and understanding oozes out of you <laughs> because that's what you are it's just that you're not giving yourself that medicine mm. I think as well um you I think you said the word trust somewhere mm. in that and it, that made me think I think in you know in an eating disorder you completely lose all trust for yourself because that eating disorder fills you with so much um you know you just cannot trust a word that you say and you know how on earth do you know what you need and all of that you just start to second guess everything so I guess that comes into play as well isn't it in that like you know I use that really good example of um you know oh they're not going to go to cinema because they can they can sit with themselves and they're not scared of being rejected mm -hmm. and I think that is I actually had a conversation with a friend the other day and we were talking about FOMO and you know she was saying that her partner <laughs> is really good that he can if he doesn't want to go to a party so go to the party he's not bothered like he's happy in his own and he knows that there'll be another party and people aren't gonna think oh we don't want to be friends with him because he's not come whereas we were both saying even if we didn't want to go we'd still show up 
because it's that fear of you know well what if there's something groundbreaking happens whilst I'm not there and then I'm not on the in jokes and stuff like that and I I think it all massively I'd never thought about it before but you know now that we're talking about it it ties together so well in terms of you know all being like you said earlier that perfect storm for for things to develop and and you know what it's so human and it's so understandable and it's so it's this is why we have to open these conversations up because so many people will relate to what you've just said Hannah like oh god mm. well if I don't go then I won't be on the in crowd and then and essentially the the, the underlying narrative is and then I will be in lack mm. yeah. and when you if you if you're if you're when you say trust yourself it's like my question is let's before we talk about that let's get clear on who the self is and i'm i'm talking about the deeper than conflict self i'm not talking about the 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 version of you that learned when you were seven that in order to be liked you've got to dress like everyone else i'm not talking about trusting that (laughs) i'm not talking about trusting the part of you or the version of you that when you were 15 had the thought for the first time jesus you can't trust you can't trust a loving relationship because they always dissipate Mm. I'm not talking about that I'm not talking about the, the version of you that when you were you know whoever it is I'm, I'm plucking stuff out of thin air here like when you were six and you were you know cowered up in your bedroom listening to your parents arguing during their divorce the part of you that thought like you can't express emotion because then people leave you mm. uh, their interpretations mm. understandable interpretations but that's not you that's not the you I'm talking about. That's become a part of you. That needs your understanding. That needs your compassion. That needs your ear. That needs to be heard, not rejected and told that they're stupid and they need to shut up and we need to move away from it. As far as I can tell, that's not how people uncover themselves in an eating disorder, by fighting the, by fighting mm. it. Don't fight that part of you. It's terrified. It's terrified. And it's trying to help. It's just that it's gone way off track. It's got lost in the bottom of the bracken of the garden, <laughs> you know, but actually it showed up as a way of going, oh, well, it's an interpretation of the mind. Well, look, my example is, and I'm talking as a, as a person with an eating disorder here for a moment. It's like my example is that if you show emotion, people leave. If you tell people that you, you love them, they think you're needy and they, they get rid of you. If you don't, if you don't look like that, nobody wants to be your mate. So it doesn't make sense to someone. It doesn't make sense to say to someone, stop doing all those behaviors that you've developed to cope. Mm-hmm. Just stop it. <laughs> of course you can't do that. It's like, well, let's understand why you developed them because understanding really deep understanding and compassion for, Oh, look at the interpretations that I've made. And now actually do that. Are they whole? Can I see why I made that interpretation? Yes, I can. Can I see that I was trying to cope? Yes, I can. Can I see that I was trying to get acceptance? Of course I can. You know, um, connection, yes. Being validated, yes. Can I see that I was trying to get my needs met? Yes, 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 yes. And now can I see that 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 was an interpretation in the moment that is no longer serving me, that it doesn't make sense anymore. And then can I start to, delve to the bottom of my ocean bed where there is always peace no matter the raging storm above can I go and hold hands with that with that deeper than conflict me that's like I've got an idea (laughs) and I'm pushing down their ideas that part of me's ideas that's your intuition 
so can I say a bit about this Hannah yeah absolutely yeah okay so it's like let's take an eating disorder for an example here people will say you know I don't know what to do. People will say to me, I don't know. I just don't know what to do in each moment. I don't, I don't, how do I know what to do in this moment? Do I, do I have that food or I, do I not have that food? Do, do, how do I know which voice to listen to? Almost people will often describe that. Like there's a, this constant conflict inside between what, what we talk about as the anorexic voice and the rational voice, for example. And I'm like, go low, go down, go deep, go to the body wisdom, because all of that thinking is just a total head mesh, (laughs) right? (laughs) So let's go to the body wisdom. Let's, because the body is your, the body is always on the, on, on the side of recovery. Doesn't have a clue what you're thinking. Doesn't understand why on earth you wouldn't, you know, does it, you know, the body is just like, I, I'm striving to survive. I'm, I'm here mm. to thrive. So the body might be sending you a headache, let's say. The, I would say it like this. The healthy, flourishing self is sending you a headache. And the headache is a sign from your health that, that you need food or that you need drink or that you need um, rest. Or the body might be sending you a dizzy feeling when you stand up. And that's a sign. What's it a sign of? or cold hands and cold feet, that's a sign from your health, from your innate health saying, I have these needs. It's sending you signs, flares, if you like, going off (laughs) in the sky. We have this need, now we have this need, now we have this need. It's a sign that that, um, how can I put it? It's a sign that you're not broken actually, rather than that you are broken. Because your body is constantly like, woo, woo, woo. I've got this need. I've got this need. And so recovery, if you want to use that word, can only ever happen in this moment. It can't happen tomorrow. Tomorrow's not here. <laughs> it can only ever happen in this moment. And, and it's a bit, bit like being Hansel and Gretel and following the signs through the wood. It's like, if I was to, if I was to have, meet the the signal the flare of the headache or the cold hands or the dizziness or the you know whatever it is if I was to understand what this sign from my body is actually signaling in terms of a need one and I was to know that I'm allowed to meet my needs two and I know that I can I can be with any feeling that comes through meeting my needs because that's my true nature three then we start to follow the signs in that moment and, mm. and uncover recovery in this moment because that's the only moment that recovery can happen. Yeah, and I think that, you know, that's a really important thing to reflect on because I think often in recovery we might say, oh, tomorrow, or, you know, oh, I'll do it later or whatever, whereas, you know, it's a tiresome thing but it's it's constantly being in the now and making those decisions that you know you may not know like you say what the right decision is you may not think you do but I think ultimately I think deep down we always know it's just it's just such a difficult thing when you've been going down a road for so long of making the decision that feels more comfortable for your eating disorder to then be like actually in this moment right now I think it's I think that's going to be the more beneficial thing. And that feels so uncomfortable, but you know, long-term. Well, you, but the thing is you won't, you won't know 
so there's two things to say to that. You won't know. Um, uh, oh god, that's gone out of my mind now. <laughs> it feels uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar. Mm. Uh, it's become unfamiliar, but actually, on a on a deep level, it's it's hugely familiar. Yeah. So it's you know. So that's the thing, and that's the thing. You. So I was going to say. So it's un, so acknowledging the discomfort that's going to come from making a different choice. But you can't make a different choice if you don't actually know you've got an, an option. Mm. If you don't know that you actually have an option, that then how can you possibly make a different choice? People will say, I hear that. I used to hear that a lot. People saying, oh, they're, they're just not choosing to do it right now. Well, they don't actually know that this healthy, flourishing, innate health person is a, is is a ver- is a, is a thing. Mm. They don't actually know that they don't and they don't. And if they do know it intellectually, they absolutely don't trust it. Mm-hmm. So they can't make a choice then, therefore, until they know that they've got solid ground or that they are solid ground to, fall, to, to, to be held when they let go of this sandcastle, this mask, this version of themselves, that they are that they are going to fall into their true nature they can't they won't do that a person won't do that unless they absolutely start to get curious about mm. that being an actual option because a lot of the time people will think of it like i let go of this version of me and then i'm in no man's land mm. and i'm like no you let go of this version of you and you come home <laughs> very different message yeah and i think you're completely right in that it it is that worry of what's going to be of what's going to be left when you're not there.
Oh, sorry, Hannah. That's okay. It was so funny because I, I just went um, that I thought you how right you were when you um, said about no man's land because you're worried about, you know, when the eating disorder's gone, nobody's going to be there. And then you just went, <laughs> I was like, that was literally perfect timing. <laughs> that, that was absolutely perfect. Um, but the point, the point there being that you are, you are there. And if you, but if you don't know who you are, at your true at your true nature then you will of course you're not going to let go of the other yeah. you version of you yeah. that false version of you or that that assumed version of you you're not going to do that why would you that's that's crazy so in, until somebody sees that they are yeah that they are the um that they are the safe place mm. then and that sounds like such a crazy concept to someone who feels so unsafe in their experience. But that's what I'm pointing people towards in the, in the work that we're doing at Live Mind. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that that I'm going to keep that in. I mean, not the whole silence, probably for a few minutes. Um, but I think you're completely right in that I've always kind of tried to hold that on, tried to hold on to that in my own personal recovery, because one thing I always struggled with a lot was being on my own and you know the anxiety of it and it's like what you said earlier the anxiety of the anxiety it's always the anxiety of oh my gosh how anxious am I going to get if I'm on my own um so just for the listeners basically Mary's computer just decided to restart so I was left on the screen on my own but it was at a perfect perfect mm-hmm. perfect time um and I think you you know like you say you might not know it but I think you are the one that kind of you know holds the answers for yourself it's often you just need someone to come alongside you and you know like you said earlier you don't have the questions but you can kind of ask the right questions but I don't have the answers yeah yeah if yes yeah, sorry yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so a good so, so the quote that comes to mind there is I can't remember who said this but a good teacher will tell you not won't tell you what to see but I'll tell you where to look <clears throat> that's the thing absolutely yeah mm. Well, Mary, it's been an absolute pleasure. I was so looking forward to speaking to you and it, it did not disappoint today. So thank you so much. Um, have You're a welcome. brilliant time in Cambridge. I'll thank wait you. for you. I'm going to um, go on the river. Oh, very nice. Are you going punting? Of course. It'd Good. be rude not to. Very nice. Very <laughs> nice. Well, Just enjoy. to say, if people want to get in touch, I don't know if you'll Oh, gosh, yeah, you. sorry. I meant to say that. <laughs> Yeah, put the link in because there's um yeah. in the team now we've got uh th- two therapists we've got and we've also got Jess who's a dietitian and she's an innate health coach, uh, in, uh Jess Lisa Kath and me so there's there's a there's a team of us now and we'd love to hear from 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 people who who want to find their light and that's through you know perhaps they've been suffering with an eating disorder but 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 any 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 sort of all suffering welcome <laughs> is, is basically the, the strange tagline like it doesn't it, you don't have to have been shown up showing up in a particular particular way it can be um anyone who wants to discover more of their light really and and more of their peace more of their well-being is is is, is the game we're in and is that on both online and in person yeah, so we're offering in-person sessions in Yorkshire, um, online stuff. And also um, one of the parts of the business that I'm really excited about is going off and doing like events, at, you know, whether that be in to groups of people, whether that's in the corporate world or, or educational world or or people who just want to come together. So because I, I you know, 
to use the, the drama part of me, I love to create sort of, a, you know, I, a theatre type events about this kind of stuff. So if anybody wants to, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I was fortunate enough to go over to, 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 to France recently at a conference and, um, and I'm doing, a, you know, one in London soon. And, you know, I can come to the workplace and do an hour or two hours or a half day or a whole day or two days and talk to people about finding their own um their deeper than conflict self which can be really useful if people are suffering with or struggling with burnout or stress or overwhelm which i think a lot of people are you know it's it's um brought a lot of stuff to the surface surface hasn't it in the last few years um so yeah so I, I that's my pleasure of mine to do that in a and I always say it's not death by powerpoint you know it's important to do stuff like that in an interactive experiential way so to make it a I don't like the word fun, but make it a really sort of magical experience for people. So amazing. Well, yes, I shall put the links and all of your contact details in the bottom of the podcast for everybody. So thank you so much, Mary. It's been an absolute thank pleasure. Thank you, Anna. All right, my darling. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed listening today, you won't want to miss next week's episode. So be sure to subscribe. Eating disorders are crippling illnesses, but with the right support, they can be recovered from. We really hope you enjoyed this episode, but if you require more support right now, please look into charities such as First Steps and Beat for support or talk to someone you trust.